How's it going, everybody? Welcome back for episode four of Self-Signed Artist. In today's episode, we're talking about starting, plain and simple. It sounds like such an easy thing. However, it's anything but. Transitioning from the planning phase to actually doing something is the toughest part of making your idea a reality. So stick around and we'll help you go from being a planner to a doer. You're listening to Self-Signed Artist, the podcast that helps independent musicians run their brand like a business. Now, your hosts, Kobe Nelson and Jake Mannix. All right, so tell me if this sounds like something you've done. You come up with a brilliant idea for a business venture or a project. You're stoked on it. You want to make sure it has the best possible chance to succeed. So you hit the books. You scour the interwebs for information. You're reading books. You're watching YouTube videos, blogs, podcasts like this one. You want to learn it all. You want to find out, how do I make this work? What do I need to buy to do this properly? And what are all the mistakes that I need to try to avoid? And as you're doing this, the time starts kind of ticking by. One month, you got two months, maybe a year goes by, and you have nothing to show for any of your work yet. You have no launch of your project or your business. You have no audience yet. And as a consequence, uh uh-oh, you have no revenue, no money in your pocket. And in fact, maybe there's less money in your pocket depending on how much stuff you bought in your planning stage. Does that... Sound at all familiar to you, Jake? Is is that just me? Is that something I've done and nobody else has done out there? Yeah. No, you've actually just described me um, pretty much up until recently. That was me as an artist. You know, I'd, I'd have an idea for a song, but I would put it off, you know, however many days or weeks until I was ready to work on it. And, you know, by that time, sometimes I wouldn't even like the idea anymore, or at least it would be stale to me. So I wouldn't want to work on it. You know, and this is this is why I also think it's important to start as soon as you have that spark of an idea, because you need to take that spark and turn it into a roaring fire in order to like retain its magic. You know, I can't I can't tell you how many folders and folders I have of songs that I've started and immediately talked myself out of. Or I'll like write a chorus or a verse or something for a song and not know where to go with it. And then five minutes later, I've convinced myself that the idea is trash or it'll be trash no matter what I do to it. You know, even though that probably isn't the case most of the time, you know, we all have trash ideas, but it's still good to to flesh them out and, and not immediately drive your ideas into the dirt. Give them a chance, you know. Yeah, I think this is something that people struggle with all the time and not just in music, but I think especially in music, Mm -hmm. it's so easy to kind of like be scared to actually put your idea out there because you think it's going to be bad. And I mean, the situation that I just laid out before describes me past me so much as well, like so much it actually hurts a little bit to talk about. It's one of the biggest obstacles for me personally in finding success for myself. And and it really comes down to planning as the actual problem. I used planning as a form of procrastination. You know, I, I would spend hours upon hours 
researching gear, reading about best practices, studying other people who have done something similar to what I want to do. And then ultimately, at the end of the day, it gets me nowhere and I still have nothing to show for it because I never actually start anything. So why do I do this? It's this thing I always ask myself, why do so many of us do this? And for me, and I think for most people, this comes down to a feeling of fear and insecurity about ourselves. That's such a fundamental thing to all of us. Like for me, I don't want people to think I'm stupid. <laughs> I want people to like me. And I think that's probably up there in the most universal feelings that we can have as human beings. It's sort of like baked into the human condition. And we feel like this need to be accepted. And a lot of the times that can actually hold us back. I mean, as the logic goes, if I launch this business idea or I release this album or whatever it is, if I do that without tying up every loose end and thinking through every contingency in advance, then people are going to see that I don't really know what I'm doing and they're going to think I'm I'm dumb. And ah, that's terrifying to us. And therefore, I shall plan. That's That's my solution to this problem. So I think the argument we are trying to make today is that sometimes you can take that a little bit too far and it actually prevents you from doing the things that you need to do because you never start. And I mean, all this to say, of course, some planning is going to be necessary for everything, right? Like, Yeah, right. At some point you'll need, you know, to put some sort of plan in place, but, you know, it's important for you to, to just go for it and do it. Yeah, starting, I think, is is really the most important part because obviously if you don't start, you're never going to finish something. So I think about it this way, like Elon Musk didn't start SpaceX by saying, you know, okay, I want to send a human to Mars. Let's strap as many bottle rockets to a chair as we possibly can and just like launch somebody. He obviously, he didn't just kind of wing it. He did a lot of research uh, and he read a lot of books about rocket science and did a lot of calculations about the cost efficiency of you know government-funded space agencies of the time, like NASA. But he started SpaceX. Like, he actually started it without an actual plan for how to get a person to Mars. That came after starting. He started by trying to make spaceflight cheaper in general. And that's really the key is that he didn't have everything laid out for him or he didn't have everything laid out for himself ahead of time. He just started. And that's really the key. And I mean, I think this also kind of goes along, this example of Elon Musk kind of goes along with our fears when we're trying to start businesses or things like that. Because if you look at the response to him, he was laughed at for a pretty long time. He was the PayPal guy. And what, you're going to send somebody to Mars now? Like, what a crazy idea. And he poured all this money into it. Everybody thought there was no way that spaceflight could ever be a viable commercial business because the cost was just too outrageous. They assumed that it had to be government funded. And I mean, look at SpaceX now. It's arguably the most relevant and productive uh, business out there for sending things to space, even probably more so than NASA these days. And yeah, it, I think it's a pretty good example of that, that starting idea. So 
I, do you, Jake, do you follow, have you followed any of the SpaceX stuff? I'm kind of like a nerd with it and obsessed with space, you know, bring up Star Wars in the last episode and then <laughs> space at, SpaceX in this episode back to back. Right. Yeah. No. So I'm not a huge, huge, huge follower of SpaceX, but I do follow them on social media, but I'm, I'm more intrigued with Tesla, Elon's car company. And if you haven't heard of Tesla, which I can't imagine that you haven't, <laughs> just go look into like the technology and like all the ideas behind it and think about where it could go in the future. It's really amazing. It's really, really cool. But yeah, I've, I've been following Tesla pretty closely and, and Elon is a great example for, for this topic. He, he doesn't care what others think. You know, he has an idea. He sees how it can work and, you know, he executes whatever plan he comes up with pretty flawlessly every time he puts a plan in place. But like Kobe's saying, there wasn't a plan in place at one point in time. Right. He didn't have, he didn't know how it was going to end. Yeah. He just knew how he was going to start. Right. And that's really the the point. I, I think Elon Musk is really the poster child for the idea that we're trying to get across in this episode today. Cause he's really the ultimate starter. Like I right. was talking about SpaceX, but he's started so much also. And a, a while back I read a biography written about him by an author uh, named Ashley Vance and it's called Elon Musk, Tesla, SpaceX, and the Quest for a Fantastic Future. And it's 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 a good book. I would I would definitely recommend it. And we can find a link for that and put it in the description for this episode. And I, I would recommend it whether you're currently a fan of Elon or not, because he's an interesting guy. And when he has an idea, he just acts on it. And I think that's part of what makes him so successful. You know, you want to send a person to Mars start SpaceX. You want to have an effect on the planet. You want to save Earth from climate change. Start Tesla and Solar City. kind of mm-hmm. goes along with Tesla. Yeah. Or you want to, you know, make buying things online easier. Start PayPal. That's kind of like where he originated was starting PayPal. And and I could go on about all the other companies he's got. He's got what Boring Company and Hyperloop. He's got OpenAI. And he's got Neuralink, which is another one that I find really interesting, but that's a topic for another day. But yeah, all these crazy ideas on the surface that everybody scoffs at when they're first announced, but he starts them anyways, even though nobody knows where they're going to go. So let's kind of connect this back to you, the listener, and, and your business before I start geeking out too hard and all the technology stuff. What does this mean for your brand? I'm, of course, not saying that you need to do something completely revolutionary or world-changing or seemingly impossible, kind of like what Elon Musk does. What you're starting is not really relevant to this conversation. The point is that you need to start where are, wherever you are right now on whatever it is you're working on or you want to work on right now. You don't have to wait for all the plans to be in order. When you feel that urge to continuously plan and research, you should instead just start with what you have. And this this could look like a lot of things. It depends on what you're looking to do. Are you looking to start live streams of your songwriting process? In the current times with quarantine and everything, maybe that's a great business plan uh, or great business to start. But if that's what you want to do, 
don't spend hours and hours and hours researching, you know, the best camera for live streaming and the best live streaming platform, whatever that might be, and the best, you know, I don't know, time of day to live streaming, whatever it is. It's kind of, you can turn anything into this endless rabbit hole where you just research and research and research. What you should do instead is find find out the bare minimum that you need to set up a live stream and just start doing it. Start right from where you are with the bare minimum. Then you can refine as you go. You can upgrade your camera, upgrade your software, change up your workflow, refine how you talk to the camera. You can change all these things as you go. And you'll learn more about what you need from doing 20 live streams than you will from six months of research beforehand without actually doing anything. And this doesn't have to just go with live streaming either. You could say you want to start putting on shows in your area. Obviously, after the quarantine is li <laughs> lifted, if that's when you're listening to this. But don't spend hours researching how to promote a show or pricing out all the possible venues in a 50-mile radius and, and trying to create a perfect lineup of bands and artists. Again, it's just an endless uh, list of possibilities that you could research. Instead, you just start. You call up your friends, do a house show in your garage, make it work with, every, with whatever you have available to you. And again, you'll learn way more about how to put on a great show by putting on five or 10 or 20 shows than you will from any amount of research that you could possibly do. Yeah, and, and I'll say this for myself, playing in bands all through high school and going to watch local bands when I was in middle school, some of the absolute best, most intimate and fun shows were in people's houses, in their basements, in coffee shops, VFW halls, car dealerships, you know, run down old garages like you're saying, like, it doesn't matter. Like all you have to do is guarantee that people are going to have a good time and they'll come. Like at least your friends will come and your friends' friends will come. You know, if and go get involved in your local music scene and if there isn't one, make one. Like start get a one. Yeah. yeah, start start one. Get a bunch of your friends that are into music or art. Like there doesn't have to be a scene for you to flourish as an artist. If you have friends, even if you're by yourself, all you have to do is start. Absolutely. And I, I, when you're talking about all these shows that you went to in high school or even middle school, I would be interested to see if any of those people who started those shows in those locations have, have gone on to maybe make bigger shows. Maybe they've actually gone into business doing this mm -hmm. later on and they've been able to build on that start that foundation that they created for themselves it, it it's kind of what you need to do you need to get going and then adapt and grow from there and when you start instead of planning and planning beforehand you have to know that some things will go wrong and and that's okay in fact to a certain extent that's what you want to happen you want to be able to find those things that you can learn from and build off of to take your idea to that next level. You do your best to let go of that fear that something's gonna go wrong and, and people won't think you're perfect all the time. Instead, you gotta be open to those mistakes and ready to correct course 
when they do come along. Yeah, you're you're preaching right now, man. These are all things I wish someone was drilling into my head years and years ago. Yeah, I, I think it's it's something that we all kind of need to hear. And there's this classic quote from the book of Mice and Men that I think ties into this. And actually, I think the quote is adapted from a quote from a poem by Robert Burns. But that version is all ye old English, and it, it's harder to understand. So I, I like to quote the of mice, and vent, uh, of mice and Men version. And that version is, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. So it, this is a, a quote that I think really relates to this topic. And it comes from, like I said, this it comes from this poem by Robert Burns called To a Mouse. And the context of the quote is basically that a mouse builds its house and a bunch of tunnels in a field somewhere out in the country. And then a farmer comes along and plows the field to plant his crop. And when he does this, he kind of digs up the mouse's house, its whole tunnel system. And he feels bad for the mouse because he's destroyed the house it worked really hard on and thus destroyed this mouse's future. So <laughs> it's kind of a sad story. And even in that context, I think a lot of people hear that quote and think of it in that sort of sad light. Like they look at it like no matter what you do, things are going to go wrong and you're going to be screwed either way because nothing's in your con- your control. That's kind of like the message of the poem. And and that's a really scary and unnerving way to look at it. And I don't like looking at it that way at all. So I don't look at it that way. I, in fact, I turn it a complete 180 and look at it from the other direction. So to me, that quote, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry, really means, takes on more of a carpe diem sort of meaning, like a live for today kind of meaning. It means instead you don't have to have the best laid plans. They often go awry. You're going to have to adapt whether you have plans or not. So it's actually better to start now and adapt as you go rather than waste time meticulously planning and then still need to adapt later on when something goes wrong. So that outlook is much more liberating and inspiring to me. It it gives me the power to actually start something right now. Yeah, you can plan all you want and, and things might go wrong, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it or that you shouldn't start. You know, it's a learning pro- it's a learning experience regardless nothing will ever be perfect like what you said earlier it's better to start with the knowledge that you have and make some tweaks along the way as you start to pick up more information rather than doing nothing at all or wasting your time researching not wasting your time but spending your time researching because you will learn more by by just doing something right and sometimes it's actually impossible to get where you're gonna go without just starting like you're not there's not going to be you're not going to be able to research everything that you need in order to take an idea to completion especially with something like a song or something like that or if you're writing an album there's no way that you're going to be able to research your way to a great album you have to start and the actual starting can bring up more ideas and i think we kind of lose that thought a lot of the time and we forget that doing something is often what leads to later inspiration. You're building off of things that you're that you're doing as you're doing them. And and like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, this is one of the biggest things that I personally struggle with 
when it comes to running my business. And I was especially bad at this in the past where I literally waited for six years to start my own business as a mixing engineer. But I still catch myself planning as a procrastination tactic today. And actually this podcast is a great example of both the impulse to plan as well as my efforts to instead just start. And Jake has obviously been a big influence in this area for helping me actually start. So to dive into <laughs> to dive into this, I'm going to story time a little bit. Uh, for this podcast, I had the idea actually about a year ago and I was doing my best to help my students and my clients put their best foot forward and get their artist careers and brands up and running. That was part of my job, part of what I was doing every day. So I was answering the same questions and giving out the same advice just over and over and over again and seeing the same kind of situations play out over and over. And the thought crossed my head, this would make for a good podcast. This is information that people are are looking for. And the next thought that came through my mind is, what would it take to make a good podcast? And that's really what took me down the rabbit hole of research. Or I guess if we connected back to the poem, the mouse hole would be more appropriate. I, I was reading about how to come up with podcast topics and how to make release schedules and how to give good interviews and how to make my voice sound better and less like a 12-year-old. I'm only half joking on that. If you know how to do that, hit me up. Tell me. Turn the foreman <laughs> down. Yeah, yeah, turn it down. I wanted to make sure that if I was going to do it, if I was going to make a podcast, I was going to do it right. And the most ironic thing about all of my research and planning was that objectively, I was probably already one of the most equipped people out there to start a podcast. Like all that research was pretty unnecessary because I mean, I'm an audio engineer, like of all people that could start a podcast, it should be me that knows how to do it. <laughs> and I have tons of microphones. I have multiple different DAWs, you know, uh, if you're unfamiliar with that, like editing software for audio, I have acoustically treated spaces and rooms at my disposal. So like, what could I possibly plan that would make this easier or better to start? Jake, I don't even know if you knew any of this was going on. And maybe to you, it kind of looked like we really did just start. Like I, I contacted you and said, hey, you want to host a podcast with me? It's going to be about helping musicians think like entrepreneurs and then we started recording like a day or two after that. So I don't know if you even knew that was going on in the background. Yeah, I mean, I knew I knew I knew you had been already thinking about it prior to asking me, and I knew that you were going to do your research on it if you hadn't started already. I don't know. You're just on top of stuff that you're involved with. That's something I learned at the internship about you. And this podcast is no different. Like you definitely did your research and you're right. You probably didn't have to do most of it, but we're here <laughs> and we started and we're doing it. Right. Yeah. Like by the time we actually start this podcast, I had already been researching for a year <laughs> <laughs> and 
Now I'm embarrassed because that's what we're talking about today. <laughs> How to not do that. Don't make the same mistake as me. So at the end of all that research and planning, I didn't really actually feel any more prepared to start this podcast. And it all felt just as daunting and uncomfortable as it did before I'd done any of that research in the first place. So my point is, I used all that planning as an excuse to procrastinate out of fear and out of being self-conscious about what I would sound like doing a podcast. So I would plan so that I could delay that uncomfortable part of putting myself in a position where I might look like an idiot. And I don't know, if you're listening to this podcast, if you think I'm an idiot, leave a five-star review and, and tell me why. And <laughs> don't forget to leave those five stars. <laughs> so I, I've done the same thing with starting a YouTube channel, although a slightly compressed version of that. I thought maybe some of the info on this podcast could be adapted for YouTube. And then I started you know, researching cameras and lenses and lighting equipment and blah, 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 blah. Same old fallback, just researching like crazy. But this time I tried to just do it instead. I bought the bare minimum I needed in order to start. And that's my commitment to use. I'm just going to start. And you heard it here. And if you don't see us on YouTube, then call us out in the reviews. And all this to say is that where you are right now is the perfect place to start. Stop all your research and just get to it. You got to write your album. You got to record your album or release your album if that's what you're waiting to do. Whatever stage you're planning right now, just launch and then go back and adapt, assess and adapt. Yeah. All the time I have clients and old friends that are meticulously trying to plan out every little detail of their announcement of their new band or the new moniker that they're going to go under or the new song. And it's like, dude, I get it. But people don't care. Like people are going to care. <laughs> they will care. But you got to get the music out. You got to get the content out. So I always, always, always tell people, screw it. Just do whatever it is that you want to do. Just go do it. Go do it now. And like Kobe is saying, adapt when the time comes. Right. And I, I think this is kind of a good opportunity to sort of come back to one of the things that we were talking about in like the first episode of this podcast where we were talking about not you don't just need good music in order to have a successful business as an artist or as a musician. And we we're talking about all these other things that you need to have in place. And I think a lot of the times that can be kind of intimidating and sort of set you off on this kind of one way street of planning and planning and planning until you feel like you have everything perfect before you actually do it. Mm -hmm. So this is just to kind of reel you back in a little bit and, and kind of put your like racing thoughts about this at ease that you don't have to have it all figured out at first. A lot of that stuff that we talked about comes from adapting after you've actually just started. So, I mean, if you look back at any of your favorite artists or entrepreneurs or influencers, I can almost guarantee that none of them started out at the level that they're at now, even as far as just the content that they're putting out or their product. They all started from where they were at the time and then grew into what they've become. So even when it may look like they were an overnight success, 
that's not really how this works. They started somewhere and then they grew to where they, they ended up. And you shouldn't compare your week one work to their year 10 work or whatever it is. Because if you do, then you're never going to put anything out. You're never going to start anything because that's so discouraging to look at. And if Elon Musk thought this way, he would be a nobody at this point. If, if he looked at NASA and said, wow, they pour billions of dollars into this. I'm rich, but I'm not rich enough to compete with that. If that was his thought process, then where's he going to start from? It was a risk for sure when he actually did start SpaceX, but he started. And I think history will prove him to be one of the most influential people of the century because of it. And really, what are we even still doing here talking about this? We're just giving you an excuse to do more research with this podcast. You know, like we're creating content right now for you to kind of dive down that rabbit hole and binge all the episodes that we've put up to this point. If you're if you're hearing this later on, maybe we have a hundred episodes by now. Mm-hmm. And their temptation is there to just kind of like binge all of that content and find out all the information before you start your project. We might be enablers in that way, but we should stop that now. So enough of all of this. Stop listening to our podcast right now after this episode and go start the project that you've been planning for. You don't need all the other information yet. All the stuff down the line might be helpful helpful for you as you're developing your brand and growing. But right now, the important thing is to just start. Yeah, literally do something immediately after listening to this podcast, right when it ends, that's going to benefit your artistry or your career. You know, whether that's hitting up your your writing partner, your engineer, your producer, your vocalist, announcing something that you've been waiting to announce, but you don't have the release date for it yet. Pick a release date, send it. Write the lyrics for the song that's been bouncing around your head. Just do literally anything just start just go do something (laughs) absolutely and when you do just keep it keep an eye on yourself anytime that you feel like you don't have the equipment or the knowledge to get started on something chances are if you look at it objectively you'll catch yourself doing the same thing that i always end up doing and using planning as a way to procrastinate and delay having to put yourself in an uncomfortable position so yeah stop it (laughs) (laughs) end it right there